Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Uh, the most important thing for us as charters of this vessel, users of this vessel, has been the, the focus to reduce the overall energy consumption. We can't just replace the same energy amount from fossil to, to hydrogen because that's simply too expensive. So the better utilization that we get through, uh, through closer planning uh, and also the fact that the vessel is designed from the bottom up to be the most energy efficient cargo vessel in the world probably is what uh, what made us uh, select uh, this ship owner with that design and that technology mix so in the early stage uh, we take a call to norwegian ships design these uh, people we have worked uh, close since 2001 and uh, we found out in early stage that the hydrogen is so expensive so if we run this uh, we if you use all energy from hydrogen we will never win this competition and uh, i think also this uh, Cargo owners not interested to take the vessel because the cost will be too high. And then we start to investigate a little bit more around this flatner rotor sail. And we see this was very good. And the sail will be bigger and bigger. As a ship design company, we, we always get a lot of proposal. You want to work with this, you want to work with that. And, and a kind of branch standard is to work no cure, no pay in, in the beginning of this project. And you have to select what do you believe in. You, if you jump on everything, you will fail. If you jump on the wrong one, you fail. I think it's natural. Uh, we was had a little skepticism. Those are three voices of a cargo owner, a ship owner and a ship designer. A couple of years ago in 2020, two Norwegian companies, manufacturers and shippers of bulk goods met and decided that they would do something different. They decided to ask the shipping industry for a shipping solution that would be totally emission free. Something that would not only meet their needs for the future, but show other cargo owners, reluctant ship owners and even technology companies what could be achieved when businesses collaborate. The two companies are Fjella Sherpit, a farming cooperative which ships grain and farm products, and Heidelberg Cement, which ships tarmac, concrete, cement and other aggregates. The result of their collaboration is a vessel which is being called With Orca. It's a ship design set to be cram-packed with the kind of solutions the industry is talking about as being much needed for its decarbonisation journey. I'm Craig Eason, host of the Aronex podcast, and this episode, with the support of Lloyd's Register, is the story of With Orca, a vessel design which has now been granted approval in principle, a green light for the ship owner and the design company behind the vessel to push on and give the cargo owners what they need. Both Heidelberg Cement and Fjella Sherpet are members of Norway's Green Shipping Programme, and it was there that the two companies' representatives were introduced to each other and began to realise that they had something in common. They both used similar vessels, though with one sending cargoes west and north from Oslo, and the other sending cargoes south and east towards the capital. Within Heidelberg Cement, Lars-Erik Magnusson is in charge of their shipping operations. 
I am in charge of logistics projects at Heidelberg Cement in uh, Northern Europe, which means Scandinavia, the Baltics, and Iceland. So we're not a shipping company, but we are hugely dependent on shipping and the various types of, uh, of uh, bulk carriers and dry bulk carriers in, uh, in Northern Europe. So we transport roughly seven to eight million tons per year at sea within the Nordics, Baltic, and Iceland scope. The other company is Norwegian agricultural cooperative Fjellesjöp. Fjellesjöp Agri is uh, the largest agriculture cooperative in uh, Norway, and we are owned by 44,000 farmers. That's Per Kenneth Oy, chief transport officer at Fjellesjöp. I think that uh, if we are going to uh, reach the goals of uh, zero emission in shipping, the cargo owners have to have to take more responsibility. We have, of course, uh, have a short time gain uh, always when we have pressed the prices and uh, we worked long term uh, with this and short contracts. Uh, This has made the shipping companies less interested in investing. And um, yeah, we have uh, been thinking too shortly, I think, over a long period of time. So in 2020, these two customers of Norway's bulk shipping industry combined their voice and put a proposal out to the industry to seek a forward-thinking solution, one that would help them with their emissions. Heidelberg Cement estimates that transportation accounts for more than half of the overall emissions of a product like tarmac, while Fjellesjöpet has estimated that up to 70% of the emissions for the production and delivery of wheat and grain comes from transportation. In other words, the shipping industry, with the services that it provides, is a key part of these companies' carbon footprint. But these two companies knew that ship owners lacked the right incentives to make radical change. We see that the vessels, the fleet uh, that we use, is aging. And it's aging at such a speed and in such a way that the ship owners... uh, don't have the necessary margins or incentives to invest in new vessels. Simply put, if someone doesn't do something soon, these ships will be gone. Uh, And those ships will then be replaced not by new ships or larger ships, because many of our customers cannot use larger vessels simply because they don't have big enough uh, facilities. It's physically impossible to switch to the larger, more cost-efficient vessels. They still need the small ones. But no one builds small ships anymore because there's no margin in it. And the reason there's no margin in it is that we, along with many other charters and cargo owners, have been too efficient in our way of leading this race to the bottom in terms of rates. We've driven down the costs. We've measured everything on uh, Norwegian kroner or euros per ton. And over time, we've, in a sense made it impossible for our very necessary uh, ship owners and and partners in the market to, uh, we've made it impossible for them to to invest in new tonnage. So we thought, okay, we've been doing this, we've been in this business for over 100 years. We're probably going to be here 100 more. What is 15 years for us? It's it's actually not that long. Can we commit to a 15-year cooperation with someone against them building a new vessel? And the answer for that was quite quite clearly, yes, we can. So we can go 
uh, out into the market like we did in 2020 and say, we are willing to offer a 15-year time charter, a 15-year long-term contract with anyone who can build a new uh, zero-emission transport mode or zero-emission ship. So Fiala Sherpert and Heidelberg Cement went out and they thought they would get maybe five, possibly six responses to their call. They got 31. 31 responses pulling in many different ideas, many different companies. In the end, they opted for just the one. And since then, this design has been evolving and maturing. Coming up, we get to grips with the winning design, how it's being put together and how the approval principle from Lloyd's Register is that green light for change. Ready? Yeah. Okay, my name is Ivar Ulvan. I'm working in Egil Ulvan Redri. I'm the fourth generation ship owner. I own approximately 70% of the company together with my sister. And uh, before I sailing as a captain on a Norwegian coaster. Frederik Egil Ullevand's fleet is somewhat typical of a modern Norwegian ship owner in that it already has LNG-powered vessels. The company also has Fjellesjöpet as a customer. So, Ivar Kristin Ullevand thought that his ship-owning business was well-positioned to make a bid for the contract to build and rent out such a vessel as would meet these two car owners' unusual forward-thinking needs. We found out in early stage that the hydrogen is so expensive. So if we run this, uh, we, if we use all energy from hydrogen, we will never win this competition. And uh, I think also this... Uh, Cargo owners not interested to take the vessel because the cost will be too high. And then we start to investigate a little bit more around this flatner rotor sail. And we see this was very good. And the sail will be bigger and bigger. And to the end, we are able to get out 55% of the energy of the wind. So, so we read, so we tell uh, the cargo owners that we will reduce the energy with approximately 50% with this uh, sale. And we also use, uh, and we also see to reduce the energy. We also have a lot of uh, technology to reduce the energy consumption uh, of the vessel. We use all the heat we have to heat up the vessel. We use the heat in the exos to get power. So we use all the energy we can to reduce the fuel uh, cost. And we're also working a uh, lot of the electrical system because when we have a sail, it is a big variation of the energy we have to use. Because if we have no wind, we have to use a uh, lot of energy. And also if there's very hard weather, the flattener rotor sail is not work. So in bad weather, we need a lot of power. But when, when we have a good wind, we, are, we can close down all uh, fuel cell and uh, the engine. And we, are, we only sail and we get the hotel load from the propeller. So we make the own energy. With Orco will be, when built, the first vessel to have a design based around these new technologies, as well as the cargo owner's transportation needs. As you heard, the list of technologies in the design is impressive. Rederi Egelulven teamed up with Norwegian Ship Design in Stavanger to put in the bid. The hull is designed to maximise that forward thrust created by the Fletner rotors that Ivar Ulvan mentioned. 
Flettner rotors act like sails, creating forces on the ship, where the desired thrust is the one making the vessel go forward. Designing a vessel to be a sailing ship requires special focus on the hull, including keel-like appendages to ensure that there is less sideways thrust or heel on the ship. The design also includes the use of, and the list here is impressive, compressed hydrogen gas, a fuel gas system to fuel a hydrogen main engine and hydrogen fuel cells. There's also batteries on board for power storage, and the intention is the vessel will run on a DC circuit, not AC like many other ships. The design also lists the ability to utilise shore electrical power when the ship is alongside, and when the main engines are being run, waste heat recovery. When the wind is in a particular sweet spot, the design is such that the Flettner rotors will not only produce all the power to sail the ship forward, move it forward, but that the propellers then become turbines, generating electricity to create the power for the hotel load of the ship. Germund Johansson is Managing Director at Norwegian Ship Design. It's a firm that he says is independent of technology companies' owners and shipyards able to therefore work on new designs that are of their choosing. But when responding to the request that came from Rederi Egil Ulven, he admits to some scepticism in the beginning. As a ship design company, we, we always get a lot of uh, proposal. You want to work with this, you want to work with that. And, and a kind of branch standard is to work no cure, no pay in, in the beginning of this project. Uh, and you have to select what do you believe in. You, if you jump on everything, you will fail. If you jump on the wrong one, you fail. I think it's natural. Uh, we was had a little skepticism but then, it, um, then a couple of months into the project, we uh, got more and more belief uh, in this, and uh, and we um, started to work with this. We are kind of mapping up all we know from before, all we want to learn more, more about what is available technology that we can use, what is coming technology, and how can we put this all together in, a, in the best possible concept. We uh, we knew that uh, hydrogen is uh, expensive, and and we we had to find ways to keep it low. And and the natural start uh, skepticism in the start, uh, we had to turn that. And how do we do this? How can we uh, how can we uh, get the energy? that low that this we make sure that this will be realized so we worked with um, a lot of technology choices and and we had to do a cost benefit analysis of uh, everything uh, sounds maybe simple but in a, in a vessel uh, like this it was very early clear for us that uh, we have to use uh, natural uh, forces directly that is the the easiest way and the cheapest way uh, to to get energy, so so the rotor sail c- come up very early. We worked with it before and uh, and uh, never really find uh, the perfect concept for it before this. But uh, the cost benefit, which is maybe easy for a vessel which is steaming in 12 knots, uh, going from 
A to B or crossing any big ocean. But this vessel is going in uh, around the Norwegian coast. Weather is changing a lot. The wind contribution is changing uh, a lot. And also uh, the load uh, on the vessel grain and, uh, is slightly uh, lighter than gravel. So uh, we had to, to uh, do quite deep analysis uh, on the cost benefit. And of course, some equipment has been removed and found not beneficial. Germund Johansson from Norwegian Ship Design on the design spiral for With Orca. But the design, notably because of the compressed hydrogen gas system, needs to go through a number of safety assessments. And the design has now got approval in principle from Lloyd's Register, the UK-based classification society. An AIP is not full approval of a final design. The design hasn't got there yet. Class work is needed, especially when naval designers work on putting new things into ships in new ways. Here's Michael North, Lloyd's Register's Regional Sales and Marketing Manager in Norway, talking about the process that led to the AIP being awarded. Leading up to the AIP, on the advisory side, we facilitate these hazard meetings and that process. And that then helps our class people to analyse the design and go based on this risk assessment that has been done. We believe that this design can be approved in principle. There's still work to be done. And they pull up in the actual approval in principle certain things that need to be considered as the design then continues. And then for the ship owner, the ship designer, they can then continue on the design of the vessel from that point with the confidence that they have an approval in principle and certain key safety points to take the novel elements of the ship design further forward. Now we've got to that point, I know that the Norwegian ship design and Edgar Wilven are progressing on the design of the vessel. They are getting the ship specification further detailed and going through the detailed design and then that we should we be successful enough to continue on the project we will then as classification society go into detailed design detailed design approval of the vessel and on the riskier elements so the elements covered by the AIP the hydrogen system for example we will then do further workshops alongside with the stakeholders analyzing the design as it gets mature or mature checking that the questions from the AIP have been closed out and those risks have been mitigated, seeing if there's any other risks that may arise, especially as you go from, is the design okay, to then, is it going to be operated okay? Is it going to be maintained okay? Michael North at Lloyd's Register on the process of and the confidence given when a novel ship design receives approval in principle. Now, as you heard, shipowner Egil Ulvan and Norwegian Ship Design have yet to fully complete their design. They need to put into place any potential changes as the design spiral progresses and any of those class recommendations are implemented. Eva Ulvan knows that this ship will cost more than a normal vessel of a similar size and purpose to build and is waiting to hear back from Innova, the Norwegian state funding body that has been supporting the country's shipping decarbonisation efforts. 
Olvan says that the belief is that ANOVA will be able to fund a significant part of the additional costs related to the novel clean ship systems that are set to be installed. So the basic uh, uh, vessel, like an ordinary diesel vessel, we not get anything on that. So the, the cost on top of that, you get 40 to 50 percent back. So if you not have the ANOVA, this will never be done. But he remains confident that this vessel design will get the Innova support it needs to become a reality and to then help both shipping in Norway and the cargo owners make a significant step in the pressing journey to decarbonize. There are more uh, future technology in this ship than many of the other solutions, uh, but but not uh, quite. Uh, there, there was some solution that was uh, even more futuristic uh, than this. Uh, uh, so uh, we think this is uh, some, uh, somewhere in the middle. It's this not science not... fiction. Uh, yes. We, uh, no, we, we thought, and exactly because we didn't know what was possible and what we were asking for, it made such good sense to go out and ask the whole market so we asked, we, we didn't know what the solution would be. So we asked the experts out there to provide their suggestions. And then we ended up selecting one that, that suited us the best. Lars Eric Markerson at Heidelberg Cement Peg, Kenneth Oy at Fiala Sherbert on the trailblazing vessel that they hopefully will get once the designs are finished, classes approved it, and the vessel built, hopefully by the end of 2024. But what does this mean for Norway? Well, here's Michael North from Lloyd's Register again. He's a Norwegified Brit, if you could call him that, who has been following the project and being part of Norway's innovation renaissance for a number of years. It's all very well saying, oh, we we need these new fuels, but then you have to make it happen. And Lloyd's, we know we already have in class vessels that are operating on hydrogen already, so we know that can happen. But here we're also showing this is a, a Norwegian coaster. It's got a plan it's got support from heidelberg and fellas shop it and it is a, a way to show this is what we can do it's what i like about living in norway and not being a full norwegian or original norwegian is to see how in norway you get these constellations put together and people will then take on the risk together and move these projects forward also with the help hopefully from people like Innova and the funding environment in norway and then the rest of the world goes oh yes it can happen, always shown the way. Thanks to Lloyd's Register for help in developing this episode. You can find more updates of the project, the Green Shipping Programme and the companies from this episode if you're going to be in Nord Shipping in Oslo it's between the 4th and 8th of April 2022. You'll find me there too in the Blue Economy Hall where I'll spend my time moderating the Blue Talks, a series of one-hour chat show style discussions where experts and I discuss and debate the ongoing transformation of the shipping and ocean space. That's it for this episode. Please feel free to share, like and comment. Please also subscribe to get this podcast into your podcast or audio feed. It can be found on all the major podcast platforms and on Spotify. 
and check out Fathom World, a site dedicated to the news with articles on the transformation and transition of shipping and the maritime sectors. I'm Craig Eason. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.